Welcome to another episode of Who Says No. I am one of your hosts, Sam Quinn, and I am joined by a host with a much more polished introduction when he when he hosts this show. Colin Ward-Henninger. Colin, hello. Hey, Sam. I, uh, I, I wouldn't say that my introductions are more polished. What I do often do is I forget to introduce myself. I get so excited about my guests or when you're on that I just kind of get right into it. So people just, it's like, who's this idiot who's talking? Well, they don't care about me anyway. They only care about the guests. Colin, we've done like 50 episodes now. I just gave you a hello, and this was the first time you ever didn't open with hello back. Come on, man. We got to really work on our chemistry. We're slipping. Uh, I said, hey. Hey is not hello. You got to you gotta stick <laughs> Have you ever heard me open a podcast without a welcome? Welcome to hello and welcome. Yeah, it's weird. We all have our crutches, yeah. man. We have our quirks. I, I think we're still looking for like our signature intro, but enough about the intro. The reason we are here today is we want to talk about I don't I don't even want to call this a rumor. I'll call it noise in the wind. I, I don't know. Brian very Windhorst poetic. of ESPN, very good reporter on his podcast, Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective. He mentioned something that I think we can all acknowledge is not going to come to fruition, that LeBron James during All-Star Weekend was recruiting Stephen Curry. And I should note that Wintour's does this a fair bit where he'll kind of get a little loose-lipped and, you know, I wouldn't characterize this as a report is basically where, where I'm at. I think he was saying this jokingly, but Twitter kind of took this and ran with it. We wanted to talk about it for a little bit. Colin, just before we talk about why it's not going to happen, imagine a world where it did. What are your initial thoughts on a LeBron-Stephen Curry union? Well, I mean, there's just so many layers. First of all, Brian Windhorst would be so mad that we're talking about this. He's like the number one anti-don't-aggregate-my-stuff. But don't say stuff like LeBron's recruiting Steph Curry if you don't want us to talk about it. I'll I'll preface this for Windhorst's sake. Like, I'm not saying that he, like, definitively reported this. I think he was mostly joking because LeBron had some very nice things to say about Curry after the game. But, like, we're not necessarily talking about the fact that Wintour said it so much as we're talking about the fact that so many people took it and ran with it. So I think this has more to do with Twitter recruiting culture, I guess, than anything else. But I I think we should be clear. Like, this, Windhorst did not indicate this is a realistic possibility. I think we will get into why this isn't actually going to happen. But... The basketball of it would be very fun. Yeah, I mean, just think of the absolute dream combination with Steph's off-ball, the way that he works, his his constant motion, his ability to shoot the ball, LeBron's vision, his IQ, uh, both of these guys just being in sync and just being excellent basketball players. You also have the narrative aspect where the Warriors played the Cavs for like 64 straight finals, and they had, you know, a, a dust-up or two along the way and kind of... Uh, the whole I think LeBron was kind of upset with the idea that that Curry was kind of ascending to being the face of the NBA for a while there before the Cavs won in 2016. So, um, you know, I, I think there's there's plenty to go around. We don't really need to talk about because everyone knows Steph Curry and LeBron James on the same team would be just the most amazing thing. But they also need to look at it from the other perspective where. Uh, NBA fans and just people who don't even follow the NBA in general get so upset when these stars team together and then well, I mean how crazy would they go if, if Steph Curry and LeBron were on the same team I think the general NBA fan populace is so anti Kevin Durant and so anti Nets that they would kind of look at it as 
You know what? Serves you right, Kevin. You upped the ante here. You're the one who made this possible by leaving Golden State in the first place and setting in motion these events. Like, I remember when LeBron was first a free agent in 2018, and there were these rumors like, he's going to sign with the Lakers, Paul George's as well, and then they're going to trade everything for Kawhi. And it was like, oh, wow, like, they're going to have a trio that could really mess with the Warriors. I think the general sentiment was, we all want to see this because we all wanted to see the Warriors get challenged. I think if the Nets win the championship in the fashion that, frankly, they could, which is they could win it pretty easily, right? Like there are scenarios where they just cruise to the title. If that happens, I think NBA fans would be like, okay, Kevin, like we're upping the ante now. Like you started this. It's like that quote in The Dark Knight where it's like where Alfred is telling Batman, like you're the one who upped the ante here. Like the reason they turned to the Joker is because you started being Batman first. I think that's the sort of deal here. Like, Kevin, you're the one who keeps forming more and more ridiculous super teams. Don't be mad when somebody else does the same. So I think in general, fans would be behind this. An interesting thought I've had for a while about LeBron's career is that he has kind of played with, at some point or another, basically every kind of player, right? Like he has Anthony Davis, the defensive anchor and great lob finisher. He played with the great ISO player in Kyrie Irving. He played with the great cutter in um, Dwayne Wade. Like, if you go down the list, he's basically played with almost every kind of player. He hasn't really played with a Stephen Curry-like shooter. I guess Ray Allen, but Ray wasn't moving it as well as Steph is now. Obviously, like, when Ray Allen got to the heat, he was in his late 30s. He was really at the end. Curry's off-ball movement with LeBron's passing, like, we've never seen anything like that. What kind of player was Ira Newbel? I was just trying to kick, categorize him into one. I think, well, you know how every player is ultimately a problem, different, or a bucket? I, I think Ira Newbel is just an Ira Newbel. He's the fourth um, classification. Could we, at least put it in all, could we at least put it in all caps? Yeah, of course. Well, it's like Larry Sanders, how when Zach Lowe used to write about him, it was all caps, Larry Sanders, an exclamation point. Exactly. It's Ira Newbel, it's the same thing. Um, we should probably now acknowledge the reality LeBron and Steph are not going to play together. I'll just give you the quick explainer from a cat perspective. Shocking, I know. How dare you? So Stephen Curry is going to be, well, if he doesn't extend, he could extend, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. If he doesn't extend, Stephen Curry will be a free agent after next season, summer of 2022. His max at that point, we're looking at roughly $40 It could go up or down a little bit depending on where the cap falls, but let's say $40 for the sake of ease. The cap itself, if things go well, 115 to 120 million, somewhere in that range. So that's a third of the cap. Like, that's pretty significant. The Lakers already have LeBron for 44.5 million that year. They have Anthony Davis for almost 38 million. They have Kyle Kuzma for 13. And Contavious Caldwell Pope is partially guaranteed. They owe him almost 5 million. No matter what, assuming they keep those three players and then they have the non-guaranteed or rather the guaranteed portion of KCP, they're going to have $100 million in the books. There's no way they can clear the space. Now, they could go the sign-and-trade route, but that creates other problems because when you acquire a player through sign-and-trade, you're hard-capped at the apron, which I'm going to project $150 million for two summers from now. It could honestly be lower. If you're starting from LeBron... AD and Curry, that's 122, $123 million right off the bat. You'd have something like $25 million to fill out the rest of your roster. You're not doing it well. And even if you could, you'd have to convince the Warriors to go along with it. And like, 
what do the Lakers have to trade that's worth Stephen Curry? Nothing. So this is not going to happen. We should make that as clear as possible. I do want to talk about the Curry extension, though. Why do you think he hasn't signed it yet? It seems to me like it's just one of those kind of, you know, why do it now when we can do it later? I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. Look, Nick Friedle, who, you know, it, we've met at Warriors games and, and talked a lot. He's a really good guy and a great reporter. Said that Steph is going to sign the extension. Like, he's he's pretty positive of that. So, you know, I trust guys like him and, and the Warriors beat writers who are saying that. Uh, I don't see, you know, with Clay Thompson coming back and Draymond Green having, you know, somewhat of a resurgence season this year. He's played pretty well. Uh, I don't see him leaving at this point. And, you know, Fredell brought up as well and kind of on the rest of our minds. Now, if the Warriors over the next couple seasons uh, continue to be bad and don't get back to that championship contender, then we could be having a different conversation where, you know, people have mentioned Charlotte is, you know, wanting to go home and help a, a up young up and coming team like that. How dare uh, you, Colin? His home is Akron. He is a Cleveland native. Thank you very much. So him and LeBron are going back to Cleveland then. Yes. Oh, okay, when they're both I- 40, they're going to go back to Cleveland with Bronny and, I don't know, maybe Colin Sexton can say, maybe Kevin Love will still be there, of course. That'll be their team. How old is Riley Curry going to be at that point? Is she going to be old enough to be in the Oh, (laughs) twist. Well, even if she's not, like, at that point, just do it for the the lulls. Yeah, she's got a chance. His his son is too young. There's no way. But, you know. Yeah, I I think even LeBron's not going to last that long. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I just think – I don't think there's any doubt that Curry's going to sign the extension. So I, I I think at this point, it's just like, let's focus on the season and then we'll, we'll worry about it later. I do agree. I, I just, there's no real reason to think that he's not going to be there, at least up until next season, right? If you want to talk about three, four years down the line, okay, maybe. But I got to tell you, there there is a little bit of a worry here. He's 33 now. He'll be 34 before his next contract even kicks in. Are you maybe looking at a Kobe-like situation where if they give him a five-year max and he signed through his age 38 season, you're at the back end and he's 36, 37, 38, making 50, 50-something million per year? Like, that's a dangerous situation to put yourself in, especially when you're the Warriors and you have all these young assets. Like, at that point, for all we know, like, James Wiseman might be ready to compete. Whoever they get with this Minnesota pick might be ready to compete, and your books would just be totally hampered by Curry. Is there any part of you that, A, is worried about that? And, B, is there any part of you that cares? Because, like, is doing right by Curry, like, more important than winning? I mean, San Antonio always did right by Dirk or by Duncan. Dallas always did right by Dirk. Those guys left money on the table. I don't think Curry's going to. I would be a little worried about extending him for five more years. Yeah, there's no there's no universe where that enters your thought process it's Steph Curry you're gonna he's not only uh, you know one of the best basketball players to ever step foot on a court but he's also just uh, almost a perfect teammate by you know by every standard that that's been measured so uh he is a warrior he embodies the Warriors culture and there's there's no way if he wanted to sign the extension that they would say no um obviously I mean we talk about this with pretty much every gigantic extension that gets signed or gigantic contract a lot of the time those later years you know that's going to be bad value and it it might not be the case if you get you know like a guy like LeBron is obviously you're not looking at bad value later in his contract but uh, Curry has had injury problems Um, he's been absolutely in phenomenal shape he looks physically 
as great as he's looked in his entire career. But you never know when you get into those later years what's going to happen. But I think you sign him for those first couple seasons where you, you know, if you're the Warriors, you think hopefully you're going to be competing for championships. But it's, to, it's just to, a little strange to me when you hear the light years ahead quotes and the like, we want to be like the Spurs and have this, you know, 20, 25 year run where we never have a dip. Like, I don't know, like it's way off in the future, but imagine that Wiseman does become the player that they think he can become. And imagine they like get the fourth or fifth pick for Minnesota. And like, I don't know, let's say they draft Jalen Suggs and like all of a sudden you have like a really good young core that you can't really build around because you still have all the pieces from the last contender route. Like, obviously, Clay is under contract for three more years. Draymond is under contract. Like, there's going to be kind of a weird dynamic there, right? Yeah, it is. And that's kind of what they've been struggling with all year long because they are in this odd position with Clay out now that they know they're not going to win a championship. They are going to struggle to make the playoffs. So, Steve Kerr has been going back and forth all year and I assume management and, you know, the front office and ownership isn't on these discussions as well. But like, do we just play Jordan Poole and James Wiseman 30 minutes a game and see what we have, you know, um, or do we try to make the playoffs? And right now it seems like they're trying to do kind of a combination of both, which is a very difficult thing to do. But I, I think they're just assuming that when Clay comes back, they're going to be back in at least in their minds in the title conversation um, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But I think uh, I, I think you can't start looking too far into the future, particularly since you don't know what's going to happen with that Minnesota pick. And you also have James Wiseman, who's 19 years old and, you know, has played four basketball games since high school. So uh, I get what you're saying. I just think that when you have Steph Curry, even if you have two really good young players, you don't need to worry about filling out the roster if you have Steph Curry on the team. I want to go to the LeBron side of this for a second. And my basic question is, are we ever going to stop with the whole, like every time he says anything, like dissecting the quote and looking for every hidden meaning? Like the dude is in year 18 now. He's, I don't want to say he's on his last team, but like he's probably in his last, like this is my big contender. Like I've recruited Anthony Davis. We're capped out. I don't think he has another super team looming. Are we just never going to break this habit? Is LeBron going to be 45 and like tweeting cryptically and we're going to be wondering like, oh, is he going to come back out of retirement? Like, I don't know. Like, I guess I just don't really enjoy this whole we need to dissect every little thing LeBron says and does anymore. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's never going away. And you are 100 percent correct that he's going to say something at some point when he's retired. It was like, oh, my God, LeBron's coming back and all this stuff. But it's when also he like, buys a team. He is 100 percent going to let videos of him in practice leak that like I've never been more certain of anything in my life. We are 100 percent once a year going to get the, the sports center video of like, oh, wow, look at LeBron like toasting this 20 year old in practice. Could he does he still have it? Like, could he come back and play? That's like Michael Jordan, like making yeah. Kwame Brown cry. Like, <laughs> Except it's on purpose for LeBron. Like, I don't think when Michael Jordan came back and like practiced with the Hornets every now and then, I don't think he meant anything by it. LeBron knows his brand well enough to know that like if he does that and he like, oh no, why are you filming? You shouldn't be filming. Ah, like he he's, he knows what he's doing. Like, hey guys, we I are can't getting, you let that get out. Come on. Right? Like, and he's going to do the thing where he goes on the shop and he's like, yeah, man, like I, our team culture, we, we don't want to let that stuff get out. Like, I don't know why anybody would be video. Yeah, come on, LeBron. Like, But it's also like, like, oh, LeBron's recruiting Steph Curry. It's like, well, yeah, of course he is. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you be recruiting right. every good player? Like, I don't know. Well, 
I, I'm kind of curious or I'm fascinated by this element of the first guys that he recruited or maybe was recruited by, however you want to define it. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh are out of the NBA. Like they have retired. And now we're talking about LeBron recruiting guys who got drafted. What was Curry? 2010, 2009, something like that. Like guys who were drafted like close to a decade. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was drafted after he was already in Miami and he recruited him too. Like how far can we go? Is he going to recruit Zion one day? Like, is that going to be a story? Yeah. He's going to be recruiting guys who were born in the two thousands. <laughs> he's literally recruiting his own son. Like, Oh, I want to play with my son. Like, that's basically what he's doing. Right. Well, just a quick aside on this. What do you think he means? And I hate to be the one who's trying to dissect everything he says when I just said, I don't like that. When he says he wants to play with his son, do you think on the same team? Do you think just play on the same floor against him? Do you think like he's going to sign with whoever drafts Bronny and like, okay, the Utah Jazz just drafted Bronny. LeBron, you got to sign with them. Like, what do you think he means? Yeah, I think I think on the same team, I think it could be a situation where it's, you know, towards the end of his career, uh, if that ever happens, which on this trajectory, it won't happen till, till 2055. But I think, I mean, He's made no bones about it. He's obviously very excited about his son's basketball career, and he thinks he's going to be really good. And he's certainly got the genes. And I don't know. He, he has a knee injury right now. I think I'm not really up to date on Bronny stuff, but um, uh, I think he's going to be at least on the cusp of being an NBA player. You never want to project too far in the future with these guys. But um, if it's at, in a situation where it, it's at the end of LeBron's career and he's you know done everything he needs to do and uh, I'm just very curious to see what LeBron looks like, like as an aging player. Like we've only known LeBron the superstar since he was 18 years old. So w- what what is he as a role player and how would that affect whatever team he goes to if he does want to play with his son? I think with the NBA moving in the direction that it's moving, we're like two years away, not two, like two or three years away from like true small ball center LeBron where he's not moving as much on defense. Maybe he's switching, but like he's not out there guarding Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter of a playoff series. He is killing guys in the post with his passing. Like I think he'll be a perfectly viable player for quite some time. Like his post game isn't going anywhere at the very least. He's going to have the body for it. So I'm pretty optimistic about old man LeBron. He's already kind of incorporating elements of his game. Like the turnaround jumper is like that. That's not something he was doing when he was 23 and could blow by anybody, but I am very curious about what the team's going to be if he does go and play with Bronny. I think there are two really, really obvious candidates. One is, of course, the Knicks, because it would be so Knicks to get LeBron at 40. And, like, he's won a title for every team he's played for except for the Knicks. The other is, couldn't you just see Bronny being, like, I don't know, the 18th best prospect in his class, but Cleveland trades up to, like, number seven to pick him to get LeBron back? Yeah, right. I was just going to mention that, that like if LeBron is still somewhat resembling the player that we're seeing now, like and the you know he wants to play with his son, he uh, might go number one overall if he means you're getting LeBron. Right, like if you're the Utah, not the Utah Jazz, because they're like good and they're a proud franchise. Um, I don't If you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, let's say, and you have a chance to get LeBron James to play for your team, like I get that he would be super old at that point, but like that would really mean something. And maybe you go out of your way to draft Bronny higher than maybe you should. I'm really fascinated by that dynamic because, like, it's going to change the entire draft process, right? Like, somebody is going to draft him. 
probably higher than he should. It might turn out that he's a top five prospect anyway, and it just works out. But I am really fascinated by that. I think that's going to be a really interesting story when Bronny reaches the NBA. But I think my it, it, it's a little weird to me that we probably – will you agree with this, that at the end of his career, we are probably most going to associate with LeBron with Cleveland, right? Uh, yeah, so, I think so. Probably, right? Like, I mean, I think we're going to think about the whole first and foremost. But, like, if you ask the casual fan, like, what was LeBron's team? They're going to say Cleveland. He's going to get the statue in Cleveland. Like, he's not going to get the statue in Miami. He's not going to get the statue in L.A. But the point is, he won two titles in Miami. He's won one in L.A., and he might win another one. Like, he's going to have another couple shots. He might forever be associated with Cleveland, despite that being the least successful portion of his career, which is just kind of weird to think about, right? Like, I would love it if the Cavs got good in time for, like, one last genuine LeBron championship run with him as, like, the third or fourth best guy on the team. I just think it's funny that we started off this podcast talking about Steph Curry possibly playing with LeBron James, which is a fantastical idea. And we're concluding with selecting which team LeBron is going to play with his son on in five years. When we were talking before Pod about doing this, we were like, oh, you know, just I think it would be fun to fantasize about LeBron and Steph. We went so far off the rails here, but I think that's what makes this podcast work. But we can have a, interesting conversations about basketball. And this is the NBA now, right? Like this, this is what right. is interesting as much, if not more, than what happens on the court is the transaction stuff and the storylines and the narratives and the shade and the recruiting and all this stuff it's it's what makes the nba the nba so it's, it's definitely what was worth your talking tipping about. point by the way like well, I, I think we might have had this conversation what was your tipping point where you realized like all bets are off all the t- all that matters is player movement everybody changes teams when when timothy mozgov signed for 64 million dollars does, does that count i i mean the fact that the lakers hadn't caught on to the movement that was coming and that they had to go so far to erase those mistakes for me, it was Kawhi. Like, Kawhi was the one guy when all of this was happening that I was like, okay, at least we have some stability. At least the Spurs are always going to be good. Kawhi has now been it, – it's really wild to think. Kawhi has played for as many teams as LeBron. That's insane to me. That's weird, Considering yeah. the narrative surrounding both of them. And it was also weird watching, like, people monitor the helicopter flight paths and the limos I driving no through the streets of L.A. So. I was glued to Twitter for six straight days. I have no regrets. I made so much money that week. What I was doing was, I mean, I sports gambling is legal. I can just say this. When the rumors were LeBron or Kawhi is going to sign with LeBron and AD on the Lakers, I had already made a bunch of Lakers championship bets. Like dating back to before they got Anthony Davis, I sold all of those bets when the odds got like Lakers even money to win the championship. I made so much money that week. Now, obviously Lakers did go on to win the championship. I would bet in later after Kawhi signed with the Clippers, but like I sold those bets for such exorbitant profits. One of my finest gambling moments. Well, I'm so proud of you as I sit here pouring money into FanDuel every other day because I keep losing it. Um, Congratulations on on making money. I, I wonder what that feels like. Seems like a nice place to close. We really went off the rails on this one. This, I mean, we knew that was happening. We're doing a subject line that's Steph Curry and LeBron James teaming up, question mark. I mean, that can go in all sorts of directions. This was a clickbait episode. So that'll do it for us today. Colin, pleasure as always. And we will be back later in the week, next week, at some point in the semi-near future. So like, subscribe, review. Colin, any last words? 
It was fun, man. Let's do it again when we get the next wild rumor. Who do you think is going to be next? Like, let's just throw out what what do you think the next weird rumor is going to be? We haven't heard a Dame rumor in a while. Like, what about Dame to Dallas or something? I want to hear. I want to see like Luca. I think a Luca like unhappy in Dallas rumor is not that far away. Luca and Zion are becoming pretty fast friends. Right. Luca, Zion, Lamelo, like some something like like a trio. Oh, that would be fun. That is. I was gonna say that's five years away. No, on our timeline, it's it's probably like eighteen months. <laughs> Where would that be? Would that be Charlotte, Dallas, or New Orleans? Probably New Orleans because they have all the assets, right? No, they'd all go. They'd all go to like a big market. They they go play for New York. Well, when the Clippers lose Kawhi and they rebuild and clear all the cap space, they'll be able to do that in time for those three to be free agents. But that is that. that I think that's the point where we have to stop. Colin, this was a pleasure, and we will be back in the near future. <laughs>